unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Great to be back with you once again after a week off. And coming up on this episode, we will talk to our friend Scott Lynn from the Lynn Murray Sully Podcast. Also, longtime national and Washington, D.C. sports talk radio host, anchor, and all that good stuff. Scott is standing by in the virtual green room and will join us in just a few moments. And uh, we'll cover some of these things with uh, Scott. But uh, first, how about that divisional round of the NFL playoffs? Three games ending on field goals as the clock expires. And then an overtime thriller with Buffalo and Kansas City. Man, the divisional round is usually the best one of the playoffs anyway. The wild card weekend was kind of... Eh. Okay, moving on. <laughs> the divisional games uh, were outstanding. Uh, lots of drama and uh, lots of excitement. And again, the, uh, the, the big game with uh, Buffalo and Kansas City to top everything off with their wild scoring fest uh, late in that game. Just uh, just great stuff. And how about uh, UCF's Gabriel Davis with the four-touchdown catch performance and NFL record in the postseason, by the way. So uh, uh, eight catches for uh, for Gabriel. What a great job by him. And uh, now we're all set for the championship round, which you know typically is still decent, but oftentimes is a little bit of a letdown after the divisional round. But nonetheless... We will have the Rams and 49ers, and we will have the Chiefs taking on the Bengals, who are the big surprise team uh, of the playoffs so far. And of course, now that um, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have been eliminated from postseason play, oh, here we go. The media consume now with their futures. So that is going to dominate a lot of sports talk, radio, and all the talking shows on ESPN, NFL Network, and Fox Sports, and all that good stuff. So uh, uh, get ready for lots of that on whether Rodgers is going to retire or move to another team. Brady, if he's going to retire, uh, that uh, conversation will go on ad nauseum. And as we record this on Tuesday, the 25th, Sean Payton steps down as head coach of the New Orleans Saints. How about that? Um, not entirely a huge, huge surprise, but, uh, he is going to at least sit out one season, if not longer, but, uh, lots of conversation already, which I'm intrigued by, I will admit, um, you know, because Jerry Jones has always wanted to have him be the head coach, but he's never been available. Well, now he's available. <laughs> and I know Mike McCarthy is probably going to be in a make or break season next year. So if... The Cowboys don't make a deep run in in the 22-23 season. Sean Payton might well finally become the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He was an assistant there uh, under Bill Parcells. And uh, he would be the kind of guy, because I'm, I'm sure Sean Payton, because he has the stones, would tell Jerry, well, I'm going to do things my way. If you're looking for a yes man, that ain't going to cut it. And Sean Payton will tell him that. No if, no if fans or buts about that. So uh, I know one time uh, during either a Super Bowl week or something like that, I know uh, the story goes that there was a, a steakhouse that Jerry liked to go to and get this specific table, and uh, Sean Payton beat him out of that table one time. 
So we know, we know he's not going to take Jerry's crap. All right, my pleasure to welcome back to the show from the Lynn Murray Solly Podcast. It is Scott Lynn. Scott, welcome back. Pleasure, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hope all things are well with you is indeed. No complaints. Everything is good. Uh, you know, getting a little, it, everybody's, oh yeah, let's make small talk with the weather. So we'll just start with the weather. It was yucky. Now it's been a little better and here in DC with, you know, like thirties, 35. I'm good with that. Tomorrow, as we record this on a Tuesday night on January 25th, right? 25th. Yep. Um, tomorrow's like the Arctic blast is supposed to reach us. And I tweeted about her arrival a couple of weeks ago. We got a, a new rescue dog. We got Lily. So we added her. Um, we still have Tyler, the eight-year-old, eight-ish year old mm-hmm. Aussie Shepherd mix. And Josie, God bless her, is I, I joked with Sally the other morning on the podcast. I started calling her Betty White because she's 16, Jeff. So she's a tiny little tan Benji looking thing. And she's awesome. But deaf is a I was gonna say deaf is a doornail, whatever you say. Yeah, she's deaf. She walks into the room, and so everything she does is loud. She barks loud. We're like, what are you barking at? You can't hear anything, but because her, her ears are gone. So she's she's like, that. hey, how's everybody doing? Or like, Jose, it's okay. You could just you could talk quietly. Anyway, so we have Josie. We have Tyler, but we just added Lily, and Lily's still learning her way amongst the two. And we have a, a, the people that lived in this house before us, God bless them, put in a wireless fence. And I know that a lot of rescues and a lot of dog owners think that that's cruel and i i get it but it was here i'm not gonna not use it so anyway i walk lily in the mornings long story real too long of a story really short jeff no no no. it's gonna be real tomorrow it's gonna be really cold here at like you know like the wind chill of like five to ten early in the morning i'm the one that's walking her in the morning with the other dogs so the other dogs are cool obviously on the wireless fence long learned it Lily's still on a leash. So I'll be out there walking her like totally bundled up. It's going to take me longer. I'm like, it just, it's, it's been misery on the super cold mornings, but whatever. She's a love and we're, we're giving her a good home and she's, uh, she's being indoctrinated yeah. anyway. But yeah. the sports calendar continues despite the dog stuff. And uh, what an amazing weekend this past weekend was. You can tell, you can tell you, you can tell you had a good weekend when you didn't watch, and this is going to come across so totally sexist because I know that there are a lot of uh, uh, spousal arrangements where it's like, you go do your thing. I'm going to go watch Netflix or I just have very little interest. My wife, God bless her, is a sports mom. We've seen together, we go to every kid soccer game we can, every kid baseball game, every kid basketball game. When my daughter was in high school, we would go to the lacrosse games. We, you know, kids sports, 100% in. For the NFL, she shows up for the Super Bowl. For the NFL, that's pretty much it. She has no interest in anything else. I said, look, there's good games. Obviously, she knows who Brady is and and is a fan of his work. Fine. She wound up watching both Sunday games in their entirety, Mm -hmm. and she was riveted. So I had somebody to talk to during the games. This was great. My <laughs> older son was my daughter's off at college. The son, my Justin, is in 12th grade now and is racking up. God, good for him. Uh, college acceptances. He was out with some of his boys and the 12 year old Kason was home and he was watching with us. But my wife was like, this is incredible theater. And to see the Rams do what they did and 
we can get into it in a little bit, but just the plays, how Cup gets open behind Winfield at that stage of the game, you're like, oh my gosh, how does this happen? And of course, it were, we, we ran out of superlatives probably in the third quarter for Josh Allen. And then to see what those two teams did, what was it, 25 points in the last minute, 54 combined, and then into overtime. Uh, a local friend, Ben Standing, who writes Washington football for The Athletic, and he did this as a twist. It was actually very funny. I think it was, again, Bill's Chiefs scored 25 in the last minute, 54. The Giants scored either that amount or 26 in their last four games. Jeff, it was a very funny tweet, especially coming from Washington, aimed at New York. And you know that I, I root against both those teams, but I was laughing my behind off. That, anyway. was, that, that is pretty funny stuff. And of course, yeah, you mentioned the divisional round, which has typically always been the best round of the mm-hmm. playoffs. The wild card weekend was a dud. And now that they've added more teams, I think that's kind of weakened that sauce a little bit. But then you talk about the divisional round, you know, you get a four course meal that's just perfectly served with the with the with the final entree being the Bills Chiefs game. Um, you know, we were excited down here because uh, Gabriel Davis, who had the four TD catch performance, is from UCF. And that's great. Uh, so, so uh, you know, so we got a little section of Bills fans down here now because uh, he's from nearby Sanford, Florida. And uh, yeah, just looking at the games this weekend, all coming down to the bitter end uh, and, and, and to have that last game just be totally bonkers. <laughs> yeah. And coming off wild card weekend, I mean, you mentioned the duds. We, we saw we saw the Raiders and the Bengals and the Raiders made so many mistakes, you know, uh, picking up a kickoff half out of bounds. Uh, false starts, missed reads, just just stupid stuff that you're like, wait, this is a playoff team. And the Bengals were it was like a bad heavyweight fight or middleweight fight or whatever. The Bengals are like, you want to hang out with us? Uh, all right, we'll, we'll keep fighting. Go. Let's just keep on piling up the rounds. The Bengals should have been finished with them. The Raiders played poorly enough to lose at the buzzer or at the gun or whatever. You're like, eh, that's a that's a sad statement on exactly what the playoffs have to offer. But oh, wait, hold my beer or iced tea. You get to Sunday and you see my beloved Eagles. And I had no faith only. You know, I, I was talking to some friends and we were like, what are you, you know, give me an expectation. And I've been very down on them for a long time. I know Jalen Hurts has talents. They don't involve his arm at all. He can't throw deep. He can't throw with touch. He can't throw with extended accuracy. He can't lead. The catches that are made to save his butt are rescue catches. Thank God for Dallas Goddard to come back on a ball and rest it away from somebody. But also he's armed, pardon the awful pun, the guy like Jalen Rager, who I I can't catch. It's a shame he can't catch. That's his job. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm better than he is. That's not my job. His job is to catch the football. No, hands o stone. And Watkins, just no, no connection, just silly, you know, brain, brainless mistakes from time to time. I can't keep watching that, you know, and, and I know that Sirianni didn't necessarily didn't draft this guy. Um, I, I was anti them getting him in the second round when they had so many other needs. And again, I know he's wildly popular and I'm sure he's a lovely human being, but He's he's around peg in a in a square hole when you have these burners who, again, can't catch and you have a guy who can't reach them. 
that's that's a systematic problem. So their offense becomes ridiculously predictable. I liked, even though it bored a lot of people to tears, when they went to Howard, when they went to Sanders. Why didn't he score a touchdown? But when they went to Sanders, then okay, stick with what works. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you know, and and Goddard, fine. You want to look for him, do that. But the other guys that you're trying to, you know, work in, man, Jeff, just a, a frustrating team to watch and. Their, their linebacking core needs work. And I know this, we didn't want to make this too Eagle centric, but they were a frustrating watch against Tampa Bay. I, I didn't, I never thought they had a chance in hell. And when Ryan Kerrigan is your best defensive lineman and he's taking advantage of a banged up Tristan Wirfs, who God bless him. Guy got hurt, tried to give it was going on. I don't even want to say one wheel. He was going on like half a wheel. And this is a big man who's excellent at his job. When Kerrigan is your biggest standout, Come on, you know, it's flawed. It's not in the now. It's not thinking. They certainly have some players. Don't get me wrong. But on the whole, I that was that was the other statement. It's like, all right, you got to see the Raiders, the Raiders. Really? Okay, they were a a feel good after the rugs thing because you wanted to see them, you know, overcome. And Basachi, you know, I, I, I saw a really good video. I'm sure you saw it, too. The hug fest with Zay Jones when Jones like told Basachi, he's like, hey, coach. You're doing a really great job. And it was, that was, that's cool. That's, that hit me in the heart. That was good. And I was like, all right, go Raiders, you know, fine, neat. Waller missed time, but you knew, you knew what you were going to get. And then you fast forward to this weekend and everybody played, everybody played at the highest level, except for the teams that you expected them to the two top seeds. It's like, normally you get, you know, I'm glad we got what we got out of Kansas city and Buffalo. I'm glad all four games ended on the final play. But have you found somebody who could make sense as to what we saw from the Packers and what we saw from the Titans? And I, I, I had higher expectations for both of them, just like everybody else did, by the way. I don't want to be Captain Obvious here, Jeff. Although I thought going in, the 49ers was like that one team you kind of don't want to face right now. I was on them. I, I, yeah. I mean, on them. I, I, if you said, Scott, here's fake, here's Monopoly money, yeah. I would have said like, San Francisco is the bet of the weekend. I, I like them, and, and that's all good and well. But I expected better from Green Bay. I expected better from Rodgers. You know, again, you let San Francisco hang around long enough, and you know this. You've watched plenty, just like I have. Debo and Mitchell and Kittle, those guys are cold weather. You know, they they all did well. While you know, how, did Jimmy really want to win? Jimmy, over the course of a couple of weeks, was was throwing it up for grabs. <laughs> yes, Jimmy, and then Jimmy goes into cold weather. You're like, how many throws do you want to approximate as a as a completion for the other team? They shouldn't have been in that game, but because of Debo, because of Mitchell, because of that, the special teams, obviously, hey. Hang around long enough and anything can happen, man. Hey, hey, and Jimmy tried to give the game away to my Cowboys the week before. I mean, yes, yes. So, you know, and the Cowboys had no business even despite the horrible play call at the end. They had no business even trying to win that game at the end Mm -hmm. uh, based on how the 49ers played down the stretch. But here they are uh, going to the NFC championship game. Uh, You know, so that'll that'll be interesting when they uh, take on the Rams. So, of course, now there's a lot of talk about the overtime rules, which of course mm-hmm. the overtime rules are not new. <laughs> I mean, the only thing different in the no. playoffs is they give you the 15 minute period and, and you don't finish in a tie in the playoffs. So, you know, 
yeah, you would like to see Buffalo get the ball, but if you don't want to be denied a possession overtime, don't go to overtime. <laughs> that, that's it. That's and and I think I'm I'm I think not I think I'm going to take a position here. It's a rarity for me. No, I uh, I, I my point is you don't want to go to overtime. Stop somebody. They both went back and forth and back and forth. Now, two things can be true here. Does it suck? Sure. It sucks for your fan base. And it sucks that we didn't get to see Allen take the ball and them go. I, I agree with that. Does it suck? Sure. Stop somebody. Stop them on the first drive. Stop them on the final drive. 13 seconds left. Don't kick the ball into the end zone, which, again, I'm the, what, 8 trillionth person to say that, you know. Yeah. Kick it a little shorter. They they said it during the broadcast. What you want to do here is boot it a make little shorter. Clock. Yeah. Make them use clock. And, and even if they even if they come out and you make them use three or four, somebody, whatever, fine, you know, and maybe they're going to down it right away. I don't know. Fair catch the kick up, what, whatever. And, I, and, you know, I'm just like riffing here. And, and I, some of that stuff may be incorrect, but maybe they don't want anything to run off the clock. Fine. Make them squib bit. You got, I mean, guys are pros. They, yeah. they, they have they have good players or stop somebody just like they couldn't stop you and make your defense play as their their butts off one more time. But, you know, I mean, you saw it there. There's and again, and, these are high. These are high level playmakers. Gabriel Davis, as you mentioned, was wonderful. The Hardman run where it was like, I'm going I'm going, whoop, and then all of a sudden he had like three guys on skates. Stop. Go. And he was gone. The Tyreek Hill was at 65. Oh, yeah. You know, it, come on. I mean, again, amazing play by an amazing player. Where's the defense? You got guys taking bad angles on that. Again, he's got jets. Don't get me wrong. But come on, man. That's, you know. I, and the prevent defense here. also prevents you from winning. How many times? Exactly. <laughs> but back to your initial point. Does it suck when you get to see the other team? Of course it did. Stop somebody and we don't have to do this. Do you That's think they the all change the rule? I don't, I don't, I know, you know, and there's always the cry, oh, well, we didn't get to see this quarterback and we get to say, oh, now the, the flip is the script is flipped and all this other stuff. I don't think they're going to touch it. I don't, mm-hmm. I know okay. there's this, this game was plenty long. There are plenty of points scored and somebody could have stopped somebody else. I mean, you know, I, you know, back to some of the other questionable things. I mean, we can rewind a couple of weeks and talk about Cincinnati and the Raiders with Boger's crew and the and the fake whistle that that should have never. I mean, that can't happen. That's yeah. that's an embarrassment. And then you know, Sean Hockley with his post game quote of, "Well, Tom Brady came at me in an aggressive and abusive fashion." <laughs> I you know, again, Jeff, you watched a lot of NFL this year. So did I. They've been they've been super protective. And again, we can argue about. Should they be as protective? Oh, why don't they take off their pads and make them do this, this, this? Okay, separate that. That Von Miller launched into Brady's chin from my perspective on the floor, you know, underneath a pillow and, and a dog. Uh, that looked like that looked like a blow to the head. Brady yeah. had every right to be pissed. Yeah. You know? And of course, and it's, it amazes me, too, because a league that is so great has officiating that just borders on ineptitude. <laughs> I don't understand, man. I, I really don't understand. We're at, and again, you know, Sally and I talked about this. I'm sure you talked about this with a lot, a lot of people way smarter than I am. When you get to this point of the series and you have these all-star crews, these guys are supposed to be the best at their side judge, field judge, umpire, back judge, referee, line judge. All of them are supposed to be the best of the best. You can't have an inadvertent whistle on the sideline. You can't have 
a holding call missed. You can't have, and again, it didn't make a difference. Trust me, the Eagles deserved everything they got against the Bucks. But if Kelsey, who's again, a really good center and good at his job, <clears throat> I forget who he blocked, but he, he put his hand on the chest of a player and it looked like a hold, but it wasn't. There was never a grab. There was never a tug. It was center of the chest and like a push. But somebody made that call and called a hold. And it was one of the Eagles' bigger gains. I think it was on a Goddard screen. And it was unnecessary because it was also behind the play, whatever, whatever. If I see it and I go, that's not a hold. A trained eye, an all-star official making the NFL playoffs as part of somebody else's crew, chemistry or not, can't call that a penalty. Like there's, you can, we can go every single game and go bad, 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 bad. We should be able to pick out Jeff, what, like one or two per day that are bad. Oh, there's, there's chemistry. What chemistry? I mean, again, I, I, I hearken back. God, I sound like a fool when I say this, but when my kids are growing up, I was a swim referee, uh, you know, a, a, on a lane. I was not lead official. That stuff scared the crap out of me, but I took weeks of training and I would go out to the pool and you watch videos and you read books and all this other stuff and the training uh, you know it, it it was it was actually it was great and i loved it and i loved doing it but if you're in a lane and again not a timer but an actual somebody who would call a foul whether it was a breaststroke or a backstroke or a this or that everything you know the, the, there were cycle strokes you got to call them in order so if you see something out of order you raise your hand which is akin to throwing the flag the lead official will come over and go, tell me what you saw. And they do this in football, which is when they have the conferences. Tell me what you saw. And you go, well, uh, the breaststroke was out of cycle and there was hands before there were feet. Or I don't even remember it now. It's been years. Same thing happens in a football conversation. What would you see? I saw a hold. Can you describe it? Sure. If that doesn't amount, then the head referee, the, the lead, you know, Ron Torbert or Hockey Lee or Land Clark or Cleep Lakeman has to go, I'm going to pick the flag up because that was wrong. They're the best of the best when they throw the flag and make the call and then they present their case. Don't 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 call something that's not there. Yeah. So super frustrating. But on the whole, I mean, my God, we got to see Kelsey touchdown decide that we got we got to see McVay kind of turtle and Cam Akers, you know, speaking of Florida tie ins, almost give it away. Poor yeah. guy. I mean, I feel really badly for him, but. Oof, going forward, that's going to that's gonna weigh in his head, too. They're playing a really physical Niners team this come Sunday, this coming Sunday. But he gave the game away. And if Brady's no fool. Brady will find Evans. Brady will find whoever. And playoff Lenny shows up. And boom, all of a sudden, we get to see that. That was amazing. And then, you know, back to Saturday night. You know, definitely a little, a little different. I expected more from Henry. Um the, the stuff that Joe Burrow has going on with, with Jamar Chase, they look like they've been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. That, that's like, you know, and I, it's, that's fun to me. You see these guys develop these relationships, and I know it goes back to school, so it's fine. It's not like, uh, it's just a couple weeks in. And the, the big remember went around here. <clears throat> the Bengals played Washington in the preseason, and Chase dropped like three balls mm. and like really easy ones. And I was an idiot. Just like everybody else, it was overreaction preseason time. So funny. We're going, that guy's never going to amount to anything. Boy, were we <laughs> stupid. Just, yeah, what do you know? I mean, that, the drops, I swear, were the things that get you cut in the preseason. They're like, I got no time for this. Obviously, he's great and was taken that high for a reason. But they were basic little, uh, like, what's wrong with this guy? They worked on it, whatever it was. 
yeah, he's really, really good, man. Yeah, man. And of course, you uh, you mentioned preseason. You mentioned the the area, the team in your area in D.C., the Washington football team, uh, who is now, I guess, what a week away from their new name and new uniforms and all <laughs> yeah, that. Just, tell me, what is the interest in this up there? It's people are interested. I think people are interested because they want to see. And again, you follow everybody follows them from afar because they are and not the first person to say this either. They're the ultimate <clears throat> rake to the face organization. No matter what they do, they're stepping on the rake. So, you know, th- there's weird stuff here. They're doing a brand reveal on February 2nd, you know, two two twenty two. They're doing it on the Today Show. I, I, I get it. You know, the jokes have written themselves are, you know, the Today Show. And, and I, I watch the Today Show and I'm, I'm fond of it. And I'm pretty sure that it's it's a coup for the Today Show because Craig Melvin used to be here. Lindsay Zarniak, uh, who is Craig Melvin's better half. Lindsay worked at, at the local NBC before she went to ESPN and did Fox Racing. Lindsay's super cool. Lovely, lovely, lovely. I've never met Mr. Melvin. I'm thinking that they got, you know, they helped to foster this relationship. I don't really, I mean, maybe I could be wrong, but. I have no idea what Savannah Guthrie and Al Roker or Roker worked in D.C. decades and decades ago. But I have no idea what Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb have anything to do with the Washington football team, though Savannah's husband does work in D.C. from time to time. All that said, I'm pretty sure it's got a Melvin Zarniak stamp on it. God bless. Good for you. But why are you doing your brand reveal in New York? It, that that's just weird. And then a couple of days later, I think the review, I don't even know what February 2nd is. Is that a Friday, Jeff? I, I haven't checked my I calendar. recently. Uh, I believe that is a Tuesday or Wednesday. Two, okay. Yeah. So middle of the week. So then a little later on, then they're going to have a reveal the brand and, and new logo and, and whatever sort of parking lot party a couple of days later. That's sort of odd, but stuff with this organization has been odd for, for decades it's been odd it's been sad it's been borderline illegal there's there's so many different adjectives you can use but back to your point i think that you know the diehards are going to love the team no matter what but there's also a big faction of the diehards who are like i you know i love the redskins i mean my friend zabe has already moved on and he also does a morning show in green bay he's divorced and divested himself from the organization fine he still does follow because he still lives in northern virginia but i I think there is a section and a segment of the fan population that's like eh, you know i'm still gonna call them the 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 redskin name even though it's you know not certainly not the nicest thing in the world um but yeah they they, i i think there's a lot of people standing around going how badly go screw this up that's (laughs) what i think the interest level is I, i i'm interested to see what they do It'll grow, you know, like they like to say, win something. People aren't going to give a damn what your name is. Just win something and it, it be, be better. Be, don't, don't put forth a season like you put forth here with this mess. And I know there were quarterback injuries and I know there were other situations with injured players and COVID. And you know what? Lots of teams had to deal with that. Lots. And they had way less expectations than you did, especially from your vaunted defense, which was torn up. Uh, when you needed it the most. 
Yeah, but you think of it, talk about the reveal in today's show. It's like, okay, well, yeah, you could go to ESPN or even a little thing called NFL Network. <laughs> sure. Very excellent points all, of course. Like, why'd you choose that and not Good Morning America or CBS This Morning? But you're right. How about, how about do it on your own grounds and send up, uh, you know, I'm no party planner, send up fireworks with the new that are shaped in the new logo on the NFL and the, na- and the NFL Network. Why, why not? I'm all for it. But no. And and I also agree. More people do watch NBC. I get that. So I am going to watch the morning of the second. I'm I'm interested. I still have dear friends that work inside the organization. We're for broadcasting and other places. But, I, you know, I, you know, I, I think I just want to it. Be, it became the biggest thing. Because that's all they had going on. Like, oh, let's talk about the name and the rebrand. What about your team? No, no, no. Let's look over here. You know, NASCAR um, reference. Your driver hasn't won in weeks. But we got this new paint scheme. You're going to love it. Yeah, but the driver hasn't won in weeks. No, no, no. Look at the new colors and the new logo (laughs) on the car. Yeah, but the driver and the pit crew, they're fighting. And you're losing sponsors. No, no, no. The car. All right. <laughs> That's great. Make All it about right. the car then. Well, yeah. before I before I let you uh, go with some uh, shameless plugs for for your endeavors, uh, huh. you have to. Yeah, I do. I, I do have to say too that uh, you know uh, we have an Australian Shepherd mix as well. He's fifteen. Yes. His name is Augie. Wow. Yeah. He's Augie. A, he's Augie a, he's the Aussie. A, yeah, he's a great. He's a great dog. And uh, awesome. we have and uh, we have four cats, two new ones in the house. I saw one walking around behind you during the yeah. Recording she's of the one podcast. of the new ones, a mama and daughter that uh, wow. that we just uh, got in named Abby and Ziva. So uh, good they, for you, Jeff. Yeah. So we uh, we uh, rescuing. Yeah, we've had as many as seven in various combinations of four dogs and three cats and two dogs and five cats. We've had them all. So it's it's it that's it keep, great. Keeps things keeps things entertaining. That's for sure. So I'm sure. Shameless plugs, please. Everything Shoot. that Scott Lynn has got on him, got on his on, on his long list of things that he does. Yeah, seriously. As you were nice enough to mention at the top, still doing the uh, Lynn Murray Solly podcast. Though Timmy is now in Vegas working for the VSIN network, so there's my shameless plug for him. Timmy comes on once in a while. We still obviously very close friends and text him often. He's doing well, but it's myself and Solly four times a week. You can find it on Patreon. Zabe, nice enough to join us normally on Tuesday when schedule allows, and then we do a home. Home and home. So we'll sit with him. He'll come on with us on Tuesdays. <clears throat> and then we usually get in his van, as he calls it, the land jet. It's a it's a roving <laughs> studio. It's really cool. He's upgraded his van. It's crazy, Jeff. So we joined Zabe as we did in the old Fox Sports Radio and Sporting News Radio and Yahoo Sports Radio and WTEM days. We try to be with Zabe for an hour, you know, give or take uh, every week as well when we can. Like I said, this week he's uh, in Milwaukee. He went up. He stayed up there following the, the playoff game. Uh, so there's that. Um, as of this past November 1st, I am uh, back in the media world, which is very, very nice working for Odyssey. Um, I am the executive producer for BetQL Network's You Better You Bet with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley. Um, Nick, the self-described and rightfully so prop king uh, of, of Staten Island, good guy in the gambling space, incredibly talented, also works on the fan in New York City uh, and just great and whip smart and knows his gambling space and ken barkley uh is a, a former espner who is as brilliant and 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 witty as the day is long and these guys 
this is why I love produce and I'm the producer. So I'm behind the scenes. This is, this is fine. I, I, I played for 27 years, was lucky enough. So now I'm sort of in the coaching. <laughs> it's good. This is good. These guys take the product very seriously, but they don't take themselves very seriously. There's not shtick. And, and I love working with them and, and for them because they take a formally stigmatized topic because everybody's like, oh, gambling. What do you do? Talk about betting? The way that they do it, Jeff, and they were doing this before I arrived. They're very relatable. They're very conversational. It's a good listen. They remind me of Zabe and myself and Solly. They have incredible chemistry. And here's the really cool part. Nick's, in, Nick's on Staten Island. Ken's in Connecticut. I'm in Maryland. We have uh, other fine producers, an audio producer named Jake in Chicago. We have two other video producers. And so we have a video producer and a social media producer. They're both in New Jersey. So we get together online through, uh, you know, an, an interface and produce a show that you can see on Twitch and YouTube. And it's on BetQL affiliates from coast to coast. So I'm doing that from three to seven. And again, I'm super happy. And you know, I mean, my day starts a lot earlier than that when you're producing. But the guys are great, and I, I really love this opportunity and, and am indebted to Mitch Rosen, who's one of the higher-ups, my boss, Jesse Linares. So there's my Oscar speech. Um, what else am I doing? ScotlandPRPodcast.com, still doing public relations podcast. Just did a local water company. I'm also working on a, um, a, a short pitch film for a local golf tournament that benefits um, wounded veterans post 9-11 and a tournament they do that also benefits the first tee. So great people, great cause. And I'm honored that they asked me to go out and interview some of the guys and some of the stuff like that. So that's something that behooves you. That's sort of a, a, a side gig, but very much on my radar and making sure that the two things don't get tangled up. So <laughs> staying busy. So between the Sally pod with Mur with sometimes with Murray and Zabe, and the Scotland PR podcast and the Beck UL and the kids and the dogs. I'm busy, man. It's a good kind of busy though. Yes. Uh, and speaking of the kids, I know you're, you, you're, I'm holding you up from cooking dinner, which you said you're, you got sausage and stuff like that going we got, on. So, so yeah. So of course, cause everybody wants to know what we're having for dinner at the Lynn house. Uh, wife is still a uh, pescatarian slash vegan or vegetarian. So we got beyond sausage, which again, as an avowed meat eater, they're not the worst things in the world, but to make me happy, spicy Italian pork sausage and um, chicken apple sausage, which my kids like, but they also like the spicy Italian pork. So I'm going to the grill. I'm going to throw those all on the grill, even the beyond. And my wife's making a salad. We got some big old sub rolls. I'm going to grill up some onions and uh, it'll be salad and sausage night here, pal. That's what we got, Jeff. That's outstanding. Save me a plate. <laughs> I will. Anytime you are in Maryland, you know, you come here. We'll get you an IPA. We'll get you stout. We'll get you Pilsner. Whatever you want, my friend, of course, sounds, always. Sounds, sounds like a plan. Scott Lynn, as always, my friend, thanks for being on the show. You got it, sir. Stay well. Pleasure's mine. And we'll be right back to close out with the TV theme right after this. No Republicans, no Democrats, no team from Washington, no team with a star on the side of their head. We don't even talk about alpha and beta storms around here. And if you believe all of that, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Captain and Company in the morning, join me 9 to noon, weekday mornings on OldSchool101.com, because class is always in session around here, virus or no virus.
And that is the theme from Suits, a legal drama series that uh, ran on USA Network from June of 2011 to September of 2019. And that song is actually called Greenback Boogie. It was a B-side to Another Man's Treasure by a group called I'm a Robot. So there you go. And of course, uh, Suits was set a fictional New York City law firm. Follows a talented college dropout, Mike Ross, played by Patrick J. Adams, who stars starts working as a law associate for Harvey Specter, played by Gabriel Macht, despite never having graduated from law school. And it focuses on Harvey and Mike closing cases while my while keeping Mike's secret. Also features characters Lewis Litt. He was kind of like the comic relief of the show, played brilliantly by Rick Hoffman. Um and of course, he uh, of course uh, was uh, kind of a Harvey's uh, nemesis until they became friends. Rachel Zane, played by Meghan Markle, yes, the Duchess of Sussex, these days. Donna Paulson was played by the fiery redhead Sarah Rafferty, and Jessica Pearson played by Gina Torres. Now, uh, the series again uh, lasted. For many seasons, nine overall. In the eighth season, um, they had some uh, cast changeover after um, uh, Patrick Adams and uh, Meghan Markle left after season seven. So Catherine Heigl joined the cast as Samantha Wheeler. And recurring characters, Alex Williams, who was played by the great Dooley Hill, and Katrina Bennett, played by Amanda Scholl, became series regulars. And uh, it was a a fun legal drama that aired on USA Network. Suits, our TV theme for this week. And with that, we are done here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer's Salve is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.